0: If you're trying to really achieve, like you wanna leave your job or you wanna achieve it fast, right? Real estate investing as just a passive side thing is incredible. But for those that are active investors, meaning they're actively engaged in doing real estates, they are entrepreneurs. And so I always find that they always branch out into these other things, right? The last
1: recession in 2012 happened and my brother and I bought our first rental property. Uh, Other people were having a hard time getting loans because they didn't have money. So we were able to buy some really good deals but pretty quickly those deals dried up. Um, we had to find our own creative ways to find deals. We were writing letters at the kitchen table in the envelopes and we couldn't send enough of them. Before we knew it, our friends wanted to buy our mail. Ended up having a direct mail company, robotic Marketing, and we handwrite the envelopes and they get a very high open rate. It's all about breaking through the noise in this day and age.
0: what's up everybody and welcome to saving capitalism and today i'm really excited to have a discussion that a lot of people um, are looking at especially in times like this in the market we talk about uh marketing acquisitions and you know there there can be a lot to go in it but even more importantly this is a really fast changing market um so today you know we're going to dive into some things but i thought the easiest way to do this would be to bring in somebody else. So we got John from Robot Inc. He is the founder. He is also a partner in real estate investments. So he sees things from both sides of the table. Um, and so this is who we should be talking to. How you doing, man? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm very for excited. It's good to do this in person. We were just talking about that. Like most of the time, you're on a screen, and it's like Zoom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is I. I like this way better because it's almost, it's just like quicker. Like you see each other, you talk, it's more natural. It's not that it's bad. I get it. We've got to do it by Zoom. That's just a modern day. In fact, that's really good because then we can do a lot more. It's obviously hard, but you were in town. And so it was perfect for us. Yeah. Awesome
1: opportunity. And it's so, like you say, it's so much better to do stuff face to face. We've transitioned so much post COVID to doing everything virtually and not seeing people face to face as much. So I love the opportunity to... To just actually get FaceTime with people.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, before we dive into anything, why don't you got, uh, just give everybody here a, a, a little bit of a background uh, into you and what you do? Yeah, so uh,
1: I was a real estate investor. Uh, coming out of the last recession, actually, was when I started investing in real estate and i'd known my whole life that i always wanted to get into real estate investing at some point i grew up with a dad that was in like owned rental properties was doing it and i saw the opportunity i learned a ton uh, i knew the rule of 72 before i was probably in middle school uh at a high level but um you know i know knew i always wanted to get into it the last recession uh in 2012 happened and my brother and i coming out of that bought our first rental property uh it was really great and easy to buy coming out of that for us because we had cash and other people were having a hard time getting loans because they didn't have money so we were able to buy some really good deals uh, coming out of the last recession but pretty quickly those deals dried up and our real estate investing journey uh, transitioned and um, we had to find our own creative ways to find deals Uh, we were writing letters at the kitchen table in the envelopes and Consend enough of them. Uh, business is just—I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, always taking advantage of opportunities and seeing opportunities. So, you know, I saw the problem of like, gosh, we could—we need to do more of these because they're working. We're finding deals, and that ultimately resulted in us building these uh, machines that could do a high number of envelopes and hand write them. And uh, one of the requirements, kind of going into that, was we had to do it as good or better than we were doing it ourselves because we didn't want to do it and not get as good of returns or as good of results as we were getting, yeah. we had something that worked. So we did that. And before we knew it, our friends wanted to buy our mail. So like our, you know, we're real estate investors. We had real estate investing friends and they wanted to buy our mail. So then we started a direct mail company. So still a real estate investor. Uh, and, you know, I don't think outside of, if I wasn't a real estate investor, I don't think I ever would have started a direct mail company, but it complements what we do so well. And it's, um, so great to be able to help other real estate investors as well. So uh, ended up having a direct mail company, robotic marketing, and we handwrite the envelopes, and they get a very high open rate. So um, it's all about breaking through the noise in this day and age, uh, and that's kind of become our secret sauce is finding really good deals with direct
0: mail um, and you helping know, others. And it, it's it's interesting you because just hearing you like even talk about your journey, I feel like first of all. Real estate investing and entrepreneurship are really hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, the same thing. I, I view real estate as a business and I think everybody should. But I think, too, a lot of people realize we, we need to get to some kind of scale here before real estate investing really kicks in. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're if you're trying to really achieve, like you want to leave your job or you want to achieve it fast, right? Real estate investing, as it's just a passive side thing, is incredible because that's a long term game that just it just wins. And you know you can do that. But for those that are real, like active investors, meaning they're actively engaged in doing real estate, they are entrepreneurs. And so i always find that they always branch out into these other things right yeah Where it's like i need to do this better i need to solve this problem so they're always coming up with innovative ways to do the real estate deals to make them better and they're testing things seeing what works and those are usually i find the ones that not only stick with it but they're really able to grow because they do look at it as a business and they fix Things in their processes to get higher yield and to get more done and figure out what's working and you know you're on the front line on that acquisition part where y- you mentioned break through the noise and that's really hard in today's age A- after the great you know financial crisis it was like there was no noise mm-hmm. at all like you could just call people up and that was for years and um, that was rare uh, but. Now we're back to normal real estate markets, where there's competition and there's lots of it, more than ever before. Ever, it's wild, and one of the reasons is is because information is open and free. People are listening to this podcast, right? They're like, "I'm here to learn," and that's awesome. We love that, but it does also create competition. And when we look at you know what you're doing and why we work with you, and uh, we we've sent out you know for us we've sent out. Uh, we were kind of discussing before, but around 2,000 type Mellors, and I'll get into how we we, we do their or envision that or whatnot. But we're doing a very big round. Around, uh, I think we'll probably do 10,000, um, and uh, that's because we're trying to we, we we need more volume. We need to cut through that noise. And uh, when you were originally doing it, it was for yourself. Walk me through though how that evolution of your company got started it was just individual clients was it just like one or two was it quick or did you have to then go out and market to people or was it you hit a good niche you know it was organic and then you just had customers coming in how'd that work yeah so uh, very early on when we decided to go and do
1: it as a side business it it really brought up a lot of new business challenges and I always love solving problems so Early on, we realized that it was no longer, and even for ourselves too, it was no longer just about writing a few envelopes. But you really have to organize the whole process. So you have to get the right letter inside, so it says, "Hi Bob, I want to buy your property at one two three Main Street," uh, in Bob's envelope. So you have to like do a lot of other business processes. So it really was about Especially building at into scale, a business because
0: this is scale. I mean, you're talking just me, ten thousand. Like this mm-hmm. is beyond scale. And two, it's scale on like a micro level. Like it, it, that's that is totally opposite from real estate mm-hmm. real estate is the opposite uh, it's magnitude individual yeah you do like four deals right Where yeah you're talking tens of thousands i mean processes that's that's a whole different animal yeah and it was really fun to kind of build all of that so we call it bins
1: and barcodes but pretty early on we started barcoding everything and we started doing bins so we break up orders so like an order of ten thousand We break it up into chunks of 50 items and then those 50 items get processed at a time that way it's very manageable so if something is off or uh, you know we we do quality checking too to make sure the right letters in the right uh, envelope you know if something's off we can just throw away those 50 or discard recycle those 50 and redo that 50 that chunk of 50 but uh, it was really fun coming up with that whole i love that so much like building the business side of it uh as well and then uh, we just do a lot of other unique, we bought a lot of machinery along the way too, that helps. Um, yeah. so we built the machines that actually write the envelopes, but we've bought commercial equipment that
0: does the folding, inserting, like put stamps on so all that, so mass done. Cause how many are you sending out right now? Like a month and a year about where does that lie? So it really goes up and down. We've done yeah. north of 200,000 in a month and
1: Whoa. it hasn't killed us. I mean, like it was yeah. pretty manageable. So. Uh, but yeah, it really goes up and down. Just um, sometimes people, we had one person once send 120,000 and like, it's just crazy to see uh, see those big orders. It's cool. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's I mean, cool that we can process wild. it. And uh, the system is very scalable that we've built. Now,
0: when you look at this, I guess it, it what kind of real estate, you have an interesting view. So like I own um, other businesses within the real estate world. And it really helps me because I can see what's happening behind the scenes. So like I'm more in tune with the market. I, I, I know like, like for you, I can imagine you probably see asset classes. Oh, they're sending more out. Now we're sending less out. Like I'm, I'm sure volume probably went down as interest rates went up because people are like, I can't buy deals. I don't have money, right? But then also I'm sure you guys see that fluctuation where, oh wow, a lot of people are going in here, whatnot. How's that been to see that? And what are the asset classes that you actually are sending out to owners? So yeah, the, uh, from the robot Inc side, we have, we've seen pretty much
1: everything. So like you guys do self storage, we've seen a lot of land investors. We've seen, yeah, I knew nothing about land uh, a couple of years ago. And I've been very interested just to learn. It's been interesting to learn about it. People are doing very well doing, um, and niching down again to like that, what they know, a lot of multifamily, the stuff you would expect, um, you know, commercial stuff, uh, like plain Jane commercial stuff, the everyday kind of commercial stuff, um, and just everything under the sun. And we also have a lot of clients too that are outside of real estate at this point as well. So that's always interesting, just business clients trying to market to the, you know, audience they have in just a in a different way, a way to again break through the noise, um just cuz people are so overwhelmed with the digital space. It's Well, uh,
0: and I, I was about to ask that. So, um, and people on the podcast understand I play a lot in the digital space. That is the Crux of our strategy on the self storage and fulfillment side. We spend endless amounts of time. It's why we and other investors got together to build a software company so that we could see back end data, that we could get customer acquisition higher. Like, I mean, like, we're like, that is the top line. I was with my CEO yesterday, last night. We were sitting in the offices last night, and he had frustration because of some of the things on our digital ad front that was coming or whatnot. And the frustration was, you know, it was like, and we just sat there and we're like, this is the most important thing is the customer acquisition. Like, that's it, right? Yeah. And so it was like really, really frustrating. And what we found in our space is it was a superpower for us early on because nobody was doing it. Yeah. So our cost of online acquisition, man, it was nothing. It was pennies. Yeah now it can be hundreds of dollars and it's blanketed like it's it's even hard to break through and one of the problems that with the digital ad marketing space specifically is that it is so leveraged to the big guys and a lot of people really don't understand this that they can dominate that first page and that's all that matters that first page and so like i think what was a big superpower and everything, it's gotten way harder and a lot more competitive. And obviously, too, Like if you look at it, and it's the reason we're sending mailers, things like that. But I'm assuming, though, too, you've seen that. And so why don't you talk a little bit about the differences and obviously the pros and cons of each. i We do both. We don't believe necessarily you do one. Um, we do things differently for different reasons as, as well, which we can also get into that and how we mix it up but talk about that let's talk about the marketing digital versus what you're doing um conversion rates and pros and cons
1: yeah so i don't think there's anything wrong with digital either so obviously we're big on direct mail because we have a mail factory going but you know you got to do what works and uh, i think direct mail has been something that over time you know this digital stuff all came out everyone flocked to it and then people kind of We're doing less and less direct mail. So as people were doing less and less direct mail behind the scenes, the postage prices kept going up and then more and more people quit doing it. And there's very few people doing direct mail when you look at the whole, the, the whole landscape and, uh, and all your competition. So I think you can really get an advantage from, you know, when someone comes home at the end of the day, they've seen 2000 ads, you know, from their phone, from their computer at work and everything. And then they walk down to the end of their driveway, they check their mail, and they have something in there that's physical. And that, if it's junk mail, it might just go right in the, you know, recycling bin. So you have to make it past the, the trash. But, uh, you know, a lot of those letters that, if you can make it past the trash, it'll sit on someone's counter. You know, they'll look at it. They'll think about it. They're holding it. It's something physical. They're holding. Uh, it's not like on a web page where they're, once they're gone, like, that ad's gone um but again like it's about i think being smart doing a whole mix of things and when you get something that works just
0: you know following it a little bit more and so uh, you mentioned this i want to ask this real quick because this is i think important when it works let's talk about the direct mail what works and what doesn't work because i i think even like online ad stuff i think we say direct mail but also obviously there's a right and wrong way to do it right yeah yeah. So with direct
1: mail, I think the best way—it uh, it really depends on your industry, what you're doing. There's so many variables. But for us, when we're out trying to find mon pot owners, I think that you can—which is what we do. Yeah, yeah. I think you can go two routes. You know, you want to uh, project that you're professional and have a brand and you're a, a company that's stable and really uh, plant yourself as like a legitimate player. And the other uh, way you can play it is by having a very simple letter that's not crazy branded, like makes it look more like it's person to person. Because at the end of the day, you know, the, the uh, real estate asset might be owned by an LLC, but it's a person that you're working with. So you're creating a person to person relationship or contact and uh, sometimes a really simple basic letter that's, not really long can be very effective too. Just straight to the point. Uh, people have such a short attention span in this day and age that even a long letter sometimes they will uh, not want to read the whole thing. Yeah. So um, but yeah, one of those two. Either very like professional. Uh, we can get the the deal done. You know, we're yeah. well funded, all that. Or you know, hey, I was in your neighborhood, drove by your property. Give me a call at my number, and I'd love to you know see what your plans are for it.
0: Yeah, I it's interesting because i know obviously you guys are split testing things and each market's different and i think that also comes down to probably really knowing your customer and identifying like you said every asset's different if you're a homeowner versus a business um those are probably two different and understanding the motives of why they may want to sell so you can hit that in the letter all those things become very very important as opposed to just blank masseting flyers out the door of a plane.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to go, and, and we've, I've seen this so many times, people are just, in today's day and age, impatient. They want that instant you know, response rate. They'll just go out and buy a list for $29 from somewhere. The list is no good at all, and then they'll spend a ton of money mailing it, get no results, and be really frustrated. And you really have to put the effort in you know, f- from the very start to the very end and make sure that you're... Your list is good. Um, you know, we're really big on direct mail. I'd say almost behind the scenes, we're even bigger ourselves when we're finding deals on data. It's really all about who you're mailing too. Yes, uh, we spend a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to you know make the best list we can, and um, that's another you know thing that's just so important. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: I didn't even. You're you're exactly right. Obviously, is what you do stuff, but the source of because you're right. It, and two, most of the lists out there. By the way, I think are total junk. I think so too. It's it's they're you you're you're buying something that is not been skip traced. It's not vetted, and even the ones that say that they are, the ratio is so. And and I and I'm saying this because I know because I've bought them, and then went through them, and I'm like, we haven't even found one yet through these lists. I'm on page three, and it's like these people don't exist they're wrong right and uh, so if you do that and then obviously you go and then pay for marketing whether that's direct whether that's digital whether that's a call person calling or whatnot all of a sudden you're going we are just wasting mass resources and a lot of people don't take the time up front to identify that person figure out what is key to them and then uh but really go through the work I mean, at the end of the day, I would ha- rather have a good solid list of 20 people I know that are real than 200 people of a crap list, right? And 20 people that I know actually want my product. Yeah. That I know actually want it. Some of those lists you may be m- mailing it to, and it's a totally wrong kind of homeowner. Mm-hmm. that you're mailing it to. They're not, they're, they're renters. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is junk, throw it away. Obviously I'm not gonna sell home. And that's just a waste of your money and time. And then you're frustrated saying, I'm not getting results. This doesn't work and then you stop. I think the more effort you put into the data too, even
1: yourself or your company, uh, it's it's great because then you're learning as you go as well. So if, especially when you're after niche asset classes, when you really spend the effort to, you know, look at each one and treat it as though it's a million dollar deal, uh, and dive into it, you find opportunities that other people won't because those other people that just are trying to go for quantity will miss things or uh, they'll be mailing the LLCs. That's another thing is we really try to suggest that you never mail entities. you really got to find the people to mail because yes. when you, no matter how you're sending direct mail, if you just send it to a business, you know it's it's definitely marketing bit yeah. like mail, bulk mail where yeah. if you personalize it to anything. the person. So yeah.
0: if it comes into the business, I don't get it. It's, it's immediately cleared by somebody else and thrown away. If it's like an ad or something like that, I don't even touch it.
1: Yeah. So like spending that extra effort to really find who the person to send it to is,
0: is yeah. worth it. And sometimes too, I if see. If it comes in and it's a handwritten envelope, by the way, they give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that and amazing? So, yeah. If they, if it's a handwritten envelope that has my name on it, right. It's real. They will bring it in and hand it to me. If it is a masked mail, things like that. No, they open it up, they look at it, and they throw it away immediately. Uh, Somebody else checks it, it'll never even, I'll never even see it. But a handwritten with my name, folded thing, they will always come in and bring it to me. Yeah. The other thing I see so
1: much is people just give up when they're building their list if it's a hard-to-find person. So let's say you really want that that corner property, and then it's, uh, you know, it's a commercial, like let's say it's a commercial property, but it's a registered agent company, for example, that's the the person that's on the llc so it's you can't really easily quickly find the the person that is truly the owner those are the best in my opinion to go and put that extra effort into because no one does it everyone just skips that one goes on to the next one because it takes too much time to look those up but if you just spend the extra 10 minutes to go and do a little bit more digging research you know oftentimes uh those people that use those registered agent uh, service companies like that hasn't always been that way. So if you just go back and look at the history of their filings through the different, um, like state corporation, uh, register, um, like the, in Wisconsin, this is WDFI. Um, but like the, the registering where they register the LLCs, you can, uh, really find those people, uh, and the same goes too, for like old tax bills, you know, just spend some time looking through
0: the data and yeah. 10 minutes will find you that owner and no one's doing that. Yeah. And that's that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a little more. And I, I'm always shocked with how much, like 10%, 10% more effort yields so much more because nobody does the extra 10%. So if you just go 10% more, 10% mm-hmm. more, the effort or, or the outcome and the rewards are not 10% more. Exponential. Exponential. Exponential And I think that that is a really big piece that in this and what you do, that it's like a lot of people get lazy about it. Yeah. And they've already done so, what kills me is they've already done so much effort to get to where they they are. are, Yeah.
1: And it's that last 10%, two more mouse clicks. Exactly. uh, And they would have it. And no one
0: else is doing that. It's funny. We had a meeting. I I just got back uh, yesterday from. Newport where we were having our, our I was having meetings uh, with investors, but also our software company. We were talking about this. We were talking about how the difference between success, like in a customer, and stuff, it could be one click. Literally, it means one click. If you have one extra one or one extra line, that is the difference of getting it or not. It's like, we, we, we look at it and we're like, we have to streamline everything. So I I want everything to be one click immediate. It has to take Apple pay. We have to do immediate exception. It just, if you want to buy boom, it needs to be done. Cause if you go one, two or three, I mean, I'm at a point in my life. If you don't have Apple pay, I don't buy. I like go. I have to manually put my card in. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I I literally get out and I go find another product. How lazy is that? Right. That I'm at that point, but it's true. And it's nothing to do about work or being lazy. It has to do with our, um, uh, our, our default mode of operation. So the expectation that I have is this, this is how I operate. And so I need it to work within this realm of me operating. If it doesn't, I don't do it. It's not about getting me to do something else or not. It's about meeting the customer where they are Mm -hmm. not trying to get the customer to leave where they are and do something different. Yeah. No, it's so true, it's crazy. Because yeah, if you look back five years, we were all putting our credit card numbers in every yep. time we bought something and- And half the time it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, and you had to click just to even get through there. It was like three pages. And then your billings zip code's wrong and you back, yes. back up two steps and you have to start
1: over. And then by then yeah. you're just frustrated- Nobody will do and that and now. Nobody yeah, will do that now. Yeah, it's crazy how things have changed. But yeah, like uh, it really is just about that extra effort when it comes to building your lists. And, and that extra effort too really educates you more uh, as well. Because as you're doing that, the better you know your data then when you're actually interacting with these people that you're targeting when they call in you know you you're a lot more familiar with that area if you've put a bunch of effort into doing research on that area so right away you can talk intelligently about it versus if you just randomly bought a list mailed the whole country when someone calls in it's a lot harder to talk intelligently if you really don't you haven't put that effort in you don't know where you even mailed yeah uh you know wh- you know what city did you say you were in
0: yeah like that stuff doesn't go over well no. when someone calls in no no it doesn't uh that's another really good thing on the on the backside i think a lot of people send out mailers and then they just like okay i'm done and it's like well what happens after this where does that mailer go to like where's that call or that link or that go to and how have you optimized that? Because the mailer may be working, but then it's the actual acquisition part afterwards that's not. Yeah. And uh, so having a streamlined from, you know, knowing your customer, a good list to actually sending it out, getting it into customers' hands, having good copy, having good um, visuals, everything else, getting them to do an action. They do that action, and then from there, okay, was that? Did they call a number? Did they send an email? Did they, whatever it was, where does that go? Then who is doing that? Uh, Like, for me, I'm like immediate. So we are building out like back-end sales part for our customer acquisition process um, in the storage facility. And us, it's like two rings is too much. Meaning that if a customer calls in and it, it's someone that I'm trying to land, two rings is too much. That needs to be immediately. If that email comes in, not 24 hours. Why? Because they made the decision right then. Mm-hmm. They've already made that decision. If they call or email, it's made. 24 hours later though, they, they change. m- t- changed. And so it's useless. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, we'll see what happens this month. And yeah. it's like, what? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You gotta be ready. You gotta be prepared. That's
1: interesting you say that too. Cause we've seen if, People call in and leave us a voicemail if we don't answer it. And they call and leave a a voicemail. Sometimes it's hard to actually even get a hold of those people again.
0: Absolutely. So you miss
1: the deal. You miss the deal. You miss the deal by that. And that could be, you know, a huge deal. Because when you're out chasing real estate deals, like, like, as you know, sometimes you can there's some pretty lucrative ones out there. And uh,
0: that could be one of those really lucrative ones that you just missed. Yep. A hundred percent. So where do you tell me real quick about trends? Like, where do you think things are going? What are you seeing in your market and your space? Um, What do you think this year outlook looks like? From the real estate side? Yeah, from the real estate side and from just the actual marketing side and how acquisitions are going and what people need to be thinking about it. You know, I think the opportunity right
1: now is more than ever before. I think that the unknowns in the world are almost scaring people a little bit and it's lowered the competition. People are marketing a little bit less. So now is the time if ever to double down and You know your efforts in general and get be the smartest person in your area in the asset class you want to target and really uh really make it happen because if if you wait um you know it's the prices are going to probably keep going up like it's it's crazy uh i never thought the market would be doing what it's doing now even looking back a year i never thought they could raise interest rates like they have but everything's still chugging along and um stuff is still selling like crazy uh for us too, we we've always purchased everything with the mindset of we're gonna buy and hold this forever. But being in real estate, I'm sure you know too, everything has a price. And I have found that we've gotten so many offers the last we've sold a bunch of stuff this last year because people have offered us amounts that I thought were just crazy. Like yeah. I'm like looking at the math, you're thinking, like, this is insane. Yeah, gotta like, let it I, go. Yeah. Like yep. this of course Take we'll sell mic. it for Take this. it yeah. off the table. Yeah. So we've um we've sold a bunch of stuff at, you know, record high prices and a record high amounts that we never thought um stuff we thought we were going to hold for life but yeah. uh like i think that things are going to keep chugging along pretty good uh america's pretty stable overall yeah no, you know at the end of the day so yeah. um I agree. high interest rates low interest rates like there's a housing crisis i mean there's not enough units for people to, like from yeah. the residential side uh yeah. not enough housing units in the country it's so, so tight right now yeah it's supply just, demand
0: yeah it's wild and I, I i agree with you i i mean honestly I would have never thought that 8% interest rates would have such a little dent. I mean, think if you think back, going back to the last time that interest rates went up to 6%, that devastated, literally imploded the entire worldwide real estate market. Yeah. And yes, there was all the things with the credit defaults, so what's on the back ends, which was like leverage to it. But at the end of the day, that all was a catalyst because of lowering prices and lowering demand due to the higher interest rates, um, which they should have been doing. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna dive into all that. But the point was it, 6% was un, unattainable for people yeah. back then, right? We're at 8% it's and crazy. it's not even making a dent in markets that we all wish it would. Yeah. Like we, and when we say not making a dent everybody, it, of course, it slowed down, right? But what we saw before was crazy. That wasn't normal. So it shouldn't have been like that. Mm-hmm. We just went back to a normal. That's all we did. We went back to more of like a normal marketplace. Now, transactions are down, everything else. But with all those numbers that are down, you should have seen. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a time when transactions fell off a cliff, money was so hard, and real estate prices remained so low firm yeah it's crazy you know if i
1: if you back up two years if someone would have told me interest rates are going to be eight percent i'd be like no way you know housing markets over it's never yeah like it's never going to happen again in the 80s when that went up to 18 percent. if we have anything like that again where it even goes up to seven eight percent we're done for here yeah and you know it's crazy that it
0: happened i mean we're and that we can survive it yeah and thriving everyone's doing yeah it's just it's nuts um and two that also means that it's not going to change like it's when people are like, oh, the Fed's gonna drop rates or anything else, and why? Like, you have isolated bubbles and everything, but overall, none of the associated events with higher interest rates are happening. Yeah, We don't have higher unemployment. We don't have massive crises, right? Everything else. Now, isolated events they can handle that are not contingent through the market, but we actually need something to like break. Now, they will lower them, but they're not, we're not gonna see interest rates We'll never wrong. see it at 3% again like, in our life. I, I, I actually believe that too. I believe that those days, it was only a 10 year period, really a 10 year period we even saw that, that that ever yeah. existed. I, I, I actually believe that. I believe I don't we'll never we'll see, ever it see it again. I think we are returned back to a normal market cycle and that the 3%, that stuff, that was an anomaly mm-hmm. and it will never come back. Uh, it was due to the trillions of dollars that were lost in 2008 in a worldwide crisis. And they found out too that that overdid it. Yeah. 3% overdid it. I, so I, I actually, I'm on board with that. I don't think we will ever see that again. Um, in the market so far showing that it doesn't need. Now, will they lower? Of course, they'll yeah. lower. And of course, when we go into a big recession and think they'll drop them. Yeah, of course, no, I, I think that absolutely. But to the level where we were like 2.6, people were getting it stuff. I, I, I think we'll see more like fives. you know, more of a normal, more of a normal, how it, how it used to be, um, uh, market. And I think that, you know, understanding that is really important because you shouldn't be waiting for something that may never happen Mm -hmm. before you're active or want to play. And all of a sudden the market keeps going. And three, four, five years later, you're like, I'm still playing catch up. That's what happened during the great recession. During the great recession, we were doing deals and everything. Everybody are like, you're stupid because this is all going to keep falling down. Mm Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden 10 years later they're trying to play catch up or five six years later yeah. and try to go out and buy after they'd already lost those bottom prices and it's one of those things where it's like you can't time this stuff so you just have to keep going deals. it's keep continuous going. just yes.
1: it's a never-ending thing just keep finding deals that make sense in the present day with the current conditions and exactly you know there's different factors that play and interest is just one of many just one of uh, many
0: many factors um which know, we in which we're seeing now yeah um, but the less competition, that's the good thing. Yeah,
1: because it, it really is. Then uh, you
0: you can get more deals. I think it's harder to get deals now because there's less deals, but, but there's way less competition. Yeah, uh, for sure. In our industry and in others, I mean, a lot of the overall demand and and hype around it, right, is kind of gone. It's, yeah. it's really kind of died down, and we see that across the board. What not? that's not a bad thing though when you are when you're a buyer. And there's less buyers in a market that's always advantageous to you but for some reason people were so group think it's like no if everybody's excited about it that means it's good it's actually not true that's Mm -hmm. actually the top yeah and so it's the other way around uh so i agree i mean obviously hence the reason we're marketing more and yeah i think the deals too are always going to be out
1: there so you always have people that are in different situations different places in life uh so we actually we own a grocery store and It was really interesting. You know, we don't own the operational business. We just own the real estate. estate. And the person we bought it from, uh, he had owned the business and the real estate. He had sold the business. But the person that bought the business just for whatever reason, didn't want the real estate. So that that was part of the opportunity. And the other part of the opportunity was it needed a new roof. So that was one hundred seventy thousand. And then it also had a long term lease locked in. So this Uh, owner of the building, when he owned both the building and business, wrote a lease to himself that was at uh, probably not quite market rate and didn't quite have the escalators and stuff in place. So that resulted in us getting a really good deal on the building. And, you know, we, we looked at it just from different ways. And we have to certainly wait out the period while the lease is at what it is. And I don't remember how many years it's locked in for, but you know we made our offer based on all of that so we got what we felt was a good deal and we had to pay for that rough that we did last year yeah. but uh you know it's just about going out and finding things that finding well, that's, reasons that's that people used to be so like, like, yeah
0: like when people are like oh it's not good and when i'm like prior to 2008 in storage right there was no hype mm-hmm. was no hype So, we just went out and find people that had changes in life and were selling deals. It's just normal. It's just normal real estate. After the Great Recession, there was no hype. It was just normal. Who was selling? People that need to sell. You have death, divorce. You have people that are just like, I need my money. I want to retire. Like, that's normal. And two, that's even better because they're real sellers. What happens when you get on the top of the market? They're sellers because you're paying them to walk away. Yeah. That's not a good deal anymore. You want people that are real sellers. Not because you're just going to pay me such a huge amount, but no, I'm an actual seller. I have motivation to sell. That's what you want, and that's what we're seeing today. So less but better deals. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like when
1: we're selling now, uh, these uh, some of these amounts we've sold for are just crazy. And like I Still. sit there and I can't make the numbers in my head work. But uh, you know, people are just I think buying things based on thinking that they're going to appreciate, based on all these things that might not. Happen? They're not buying a good deal. Yeah, uh, as I would yeah. see it, as a good deal. Yeah, and uh, it, it just, they're, it's they're of money. Yeah, yeah, and it's just crazy because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you you want to always when you buy in real estate, buy right. You want to yes. buy. You never want to overpay for something from no. day one because then you're kind of in the rear starting out. You're trying yep. to catch up. Yes, where when you buy and in on day one, you've already got an edge, got you know equity in it,
0: and have a, a stable asset like that's how you set yourself up for success 100 percent, i couldn't agree more well man thanks for coming in here thanks for talking with us this is an awesome discussion uh where can everybody go find you and we'll obviously put the links in here below but where should we send people yeah the best place would be uh robotic is Perfect.
1: our direct mail otherwise uh i'm on instagram and linkedin so find me
0: on uh either of those so we'll thanks for having me in along. thanks for coming man yeah I appreciate it